fears of tripping on top. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! Tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. 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 Tuesday, March 29th, 2011, episode 70 of The Hotbox. My name is Matt, and this is Sandy. Hello, Sandy. Hello. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm awesome. This is episode 70. Look at that. Just kicking milestones down to the ground. So awesome. And as a special bonus for episode 70, not only do you get a Hotbox episode like normally, we have an interview for you guys today. Yes, we do. Do you want to cue everyone in on who this man we will be talking to, this human, who this guy is? Well... This is epic. We have the and opportunity tonight... Huh? We It was once said that this would never happen. It was. It was. So, Oopsie. I just want to make sure to clearly point out... It happened. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo. <laughs> your head stuck in poo-poo. So, so tonight, we have former undercover narcotics officer and member of law enforcement against prohibition, Jay Fleming. Nice. He is from the state of Washington. Our neighbor uh-huh. to the west. Well, yeah, if you get past that little strip of Idaho. <laughs> I don't even consider that Idaho. That's no man's land. It's so land. weird that there's like 80 miles of this different state right there. I uh, know. No Makes man's no land. Sense. It's that state where you go from 75 to 60. And if you continue doing 75, they'll impound your car. Right. I don't know if that was... I think that was a cop trying to scare me, but I heard that if you go more than 20 over there, they're allowed to impound your car and take you to jail for the night. Yeah, and they also have zero tolerance for any marijuana whatsoever in that little strip right there. Yeah. I know a couple of people who've been pulled over and had everything confiscated, and regardless of the fact that you have a card... They will take it all. Not in their state. No. So he was an undercover officer and was actually in charge of purchasing narcotics for the agency he worked for. And he trained others in how to do that. And now that... In how to buy buy drugs? Yes. um, Undercoverly. Oh, right. Is that any different? You would think that would be exactly the same Well, to when, blend in. Well, when you're getting ready to bust them right after, though, there's some more stuff, I'm sure, that goes into it. You know, abracadabra. Oh, right. <laughs> Why else would I be wearing this silly cop and talking with such a silly accent, man? Let him say. I said abracadabra. Oh, that's a great movie. I should watch that. So, um, he actually now is a patient. He has, well, I'm not sure if he's a patient of the medical marijuana program, but he has certain conditions that marijuana would be beneficial for. And like so, being a human? Well, that... I have this condition <laughs> called being a human that marijuana is beneficial for. Right. It helps me not murder other humans. Um, he suffers from numbness and severe shooting pain in his back, legs, and foot. And so now he actually speaks out against the war on drugs. He's been in the middle of it firsthand, has helped arrest people, so... 
So, yes, caller, you're live on the Hotbox. Hi, this is Jay from Leap. Jay Fleming with Leap. We were just discussing uh, your record and who you were. Welcome to the Hotbox. Oh. How are you? Well, thank you. Good. Doing good tonight. Good. All right. Well, do you want to go ahead and tell us about yourself? Well, I worked in Montana and Washington, a little bit in Idaho. I spent 12 years undercover, about three in uniform. You know, work, working undercover, you never really help anybody. I, I've never arrested anybody that, that came up with such things. And that's a long time. You probably went through quite a lot of cases in that time frame. Yeah, and you know, all, all we do is, is interrupt lives. We're not we're not really getting help in anybody. We worked about thirty eight cases in in Bozeman back in seventy eight. That was you know before the when the drug war was just getting going. Wow, what can you describe any any details of that or like what kind of just vague category of cases those were? Was it like marijuana related or most of them were marijuana and most of them were students from the college. You know, we really, we really screwed up their lives. They all end up with felonies or most of them. Wow. So whereas you would find that in uh, other drug use, maybe that the drug itself has these detrimental effects and it's causing uh, just a, a negative effect on everyone around them. But when marijuana is involved, did you find that it was the same case? Was it the just the law that was making these people criminals or were they really doing criminal activity? Well, I, I don't think we should criminalize marijuana. You know, even back then, I think we figured that out, but some of us are kind of slow. Marijuana really shouldn't be, you know, against the law. I fully agree. And like we were talking about, me and you, about why mm-hmm. it was made against the law in the first place. And it's... It, so that was over race. Yeah, exactly. With Harry Anslinger and, like, the whole basis for this law that is creating negative side effects for, like you said, college students, for normal working people like me, just creating criminals out of them where there was no problem to begin with. It's just appalling that it's been able to go on for so long. And we're really grateful that we have groups such as Leap and Normal and everyone else out there that's trying to you know, put a stop to this because it is. It's appalling that that happens. Well, we withhold a lot of government benefits from people once they have a drug conviction. You know, we arrest them for drugs, we put them in prison, and when we let them go, we give them no help. So what, what do we expect them to do? They're probably going to go back to drugs. Yeah, exactly. And, then, and the more they're in the system, the more further down that road they get. And pretty soon, I don't know, I believe that you can get to a point where that, that's it. There's no coming back from that. You know, you're so ingrained in that way of life that that's all you know what i've never understood is how alcohol prohibition was overturned so quickly yet this prohibition has lasted as long as it has well we've had a lot of media for 40 years now telling us drugs are bad drugs are bad when you get something pounded into your head long enough you'll believe it yep well, yeah, we're both, I think, both Matt and I are children of the D.A.R.E. era, where yep. we got to go through the classes. The and frying egg and just say no. Yes. <laughs> Every time I beat an arcade game, it would pop up. Just say no to drugs. Like, I was so stoned when I did this, but okay, I will do that. Why to kids, it defeats them. I mean, kids aren't stupid today, especially with the internet. And when you start lying to them, you know, they, they catch on pretty quick. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we're seeing this, the government's actually learning this lesson the hard way in some countries right now, that people have the internet now and there's there's this extra layer of transparency <laughs> that, you know, you can't do shady shit anymore. You're going to get put on notice and people will look at that. Yeah. And that's, well, that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely, it needs to happen more. And I think it's it's going that way, but it's it's taking time. So now, do you think that the the fact that prohibition is still here mainly hinges on the money side of it and elections and trying to get further up a ladder for people? I don't know. I, I went down and testified before our House Ways and Means Committee here a while back, and one of the members got up and said that medical marijuana in Arizona sold for 80 to $100 an ounce, and it's more like $400 an ounce. And at the time, they were trying to put a 300% tax on medical marijuana, and they didn't even know the price. I think it's just they need to be educated myself. Right. I and mean, that's what we've heard over and over again here. Like, in, we're in Montana, and we're facing this whole they wanted to repeal it, and then they're saying, well, now we won't repeal it, but we're really going to tighten down and limit, we're going to decrease well, I, the number by 90%. And I've been reading what the changes are trying to make. I mean, they really got carried away. Oh, I know. Two doctors or a doctor and a specialist. Like, you don't have to go through half of this mess to well, get on OxyContin or Dilaudid or some something right. like that, you know? And some of the other things that they're actually trying to put in there is that you have to contact law enforcement to purchase your medical marijuana. Yeah, that's that just seems like so many extra unnecessary hoops to jump through. I could see if people got their bag of weed and all of a sudden three of their neighbors w- wound up dead and the plant was there with blood on its hands you know like okay maybe let's tighten that down but nothing happens like what are there it's it's, it's fake. a schedule one drug right on based yeah. on a false it's just going to raise the price and it makes it profitable for the drug dealers you know when, when somebody sells you guys a bunch of pounds from california once it's gone through two or three hands you guys have no idea if it's coming from the cartels or not exactly and that's what and, this and so, Raising the prices just keeps it profitable for the drug dealers to keep sending marijuana over here. I mean, the only way to end all this is to get, so put it down to $10 an ounce, you know, and then it's not worth their effort, so they'll go away. Exactly, and that's what this was starting to do. Back before '04, when Montana got medical marijuana, a lot of the pot that came in here was from Canada. A lot of it was from Oregon and Seattle and from the coast. And now, like, you cannot find that. Because no, it's all it's, local. It's all locally grown, and that it totally eradicated that whole underground, whatever you want to call it, that black market mentality. So, Jay, can I ask you a question? In from your perspective, do you feel that medical marijuana in states has increased the amount of teens using it, using marijuana, or has it just been kind of the same? <laughs> I don't think kids have any problem getting drugs. You can go to any high school and ask a kid if he can get drugs or alcohol easier, and he'll always tell you drugs because yep. nobody checks ID. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Exactly, yeah. And as someone in the chat room wants to ask uh, if you personally ever, if you think cannabis will ever be fully legalized in this country, do you, do you see that happening? Oh, any? yeah. Yeah. What's it going to take? Yeah, that's what, Rescheduling? Right, or right, right now... The states need money, and if they're going to legalize it any time, I think they're going to legalize it over getting tax money on it. So that's, do you think that's maybe a driving force in repealing some of the medical laws is so that they can tax it because they can't tax it as a medicine? Well, they do here in Arizona. They, put, they even put a $20 luxury tax on it before we even voted it in. 
Wow. Oh, I think we did read about that, yeah. how they were trying to tax that. Yeah, I do remember that. So yeah, now have, Then they were trying to put a 300% tax on it, and the last I heard it was down to 100%. I mean, but they're just going to, I don't know. They've taken our laws, and when they started, they said they were going to follow it from seed to patient. And now they've changed it to where they can buy from dispensaries out of state. They removed the requirement to buy from dispensaries in Arizona. So now can, they can actually import it from out of state, according to our law. So is that weird to you that here, or and I guess there too, they might be having a problem and they don't like a, a caregiver-to-caregiver transaction and that's happening within the state, but then they're saying their patients can go ahead and go to any state and get their medicine. And it seems like a double... Well, no, down here, the, the dispensaries could. A patient can't. Other patients can come here and they can have their medicine. They can't buy it here, but if they bring it with them, they won't get in trouble. Ah, I see. Okay. And are, are you a patient? Excellent. Um, how, is it was it really hard to to for that whole process to happen? We read some things about how in some of the states people were having a hard time actually getting their cards first of all, and then getting the medicine once our, they got their cards. Our rule came out yesterday, and uh, I can't apply for a card until the fourteenth. But uh, my doctor's already going to sign the form and everything, so it, it's a done deal. But yeah, I've I've been using marijuana for a couple of years now. I have nerve pain in my feet from a failed back surgery. Uh, my dad had six of those. <laughs> was it was it strange for you to make that change in life from an officer who went after these people to someone that's actually using this for the medical reasons that maybe some people have been saying they were using them for all, all along? Well, I, I've had to take opiates for about 15 years now. So I, as soon as I get my card, I, I want to... Get off the opiates. You know, I'm I'm tired of taking those. I've taken them for a long time. They get a lot of side effects, and and they're just nasty. If I can start using marijuana instead, you know that that's good for me. Yeah, and that's been good for a lot of people. We've seen firsthand here in the dispensaries and the, yeah. the people that are either completely reducing, if not dramatically reducing, the amount of opiates that they're intaking. And that just overall has a, a higher benefit well, and for I've their seen, life. Well, I've seen people reduce the amount of alcohol they intake or cut it out of their lives completely yep. also, which is a huge thing here in Montana. I mean, drinking's a bad problem. So I think oh, yeah. that, you know, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, I think if... if- if we could just sit down with legislators for a week, take them to a little camp somewhere and sit down and educate them about this, that they come out with a different perspective. Right. And here in Montana, I know right now our biggest opponent is actually a group of people who believe that marijuana is destroying families and causing children to become addicted, crazy people. And so, you know, it's really hard battling that because they really do pull on the strings of a lot of people who are scared for the children. Right, and they have funding and all that. And I, as a parent, oh, though, don't want my child's future ruined because he might have had a joint one time. Exactly. Well, you know, I've, I've never had arresting people. Drunks always want to fight you. I mean, and, and a pothead, I've never had any trouble. You, you take an Oreo, throw it in the backseat of the patrol car, and they follow it right in. There's never a problem. <laughs> problem solved. That's amazing. Probably some very conversational people, too, <laughs> on a nicer oh, level. Yeah. <laughs> so would you say that in your experience you, you've seen firsthand that the Schedule two substances may be a cocaine or is heroin, too? 
Heroin is one. Oh, okay. So just is a cocaine worse than a Schedule One marijuana in the kind of people and the 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 living conditions and that kind of stuff? I I don't know if it's the drugs that are sold, but it's the lifestyle. It's it's that they're so expensive, they spend half a day chasing down, doing whatever crimes to get the money, and they right. spend the other half a day looking for a dealer that's not going to rip them off. So, you know, when people go to a methadone clinic, junkies, and they can take methadone, go down and get it every day and go to work. And if they you get heroin at a decent price, they would do the same thing. But right. if, when it's expensive and they've got to go rob people to get it, it's not going to happen. So, and that's just, that's a side effect of what the drugs do to your body. See, if marijuana made you feel sick like uh, an opiate detox or a, even a, a long cocaine detox, you would maybe see a lot more of that. But because you don't, it's it doesn't have that effect on the body. People are like, oh, I can't get pot, I'll try again tomorrow, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. marijuana is not addictive. You know, when I, when I saw marijuana becoming addictive, it's where we got the drug courts in. Drug courts are a good thing, but when you stand before a judge, his only choices are drug rehab or jail, and yep. they don't want to give you jail, he's going to send you drug rehab for marijuana. And that's when you start to see all the marijuana addiction come about. Right, and then they use that to beef up their statistics and studies, and then they're like, look at all of these kids on drugs. It's like, well, those kids were given the choice of jail or this drug class. Like, which would you choose? I mean, come on. We've read a lot about countries that have actually, um, they've legalized drugs, but what they do is they treat the reason people are using drugs. Or the person. Or if you're getting in trouble, what? you don't go to jail, you go sit with a counselor and discuss right. the situation. Be- I think even if all drugs were legal, there's still going to be that subset of the population that goes overboard and abuses them and has... A negative effect on their life but you will have a, another subset of people that can use them when they want to and still not notice any kind of you know negative effect on their life right and do you think a system like people. that would work in the united states yeah and, and you're right there's always a certain percentage of people i've taken opiates for 15 years and over the years several times i've lost a doctor because DEA's arrested him and when that happens i taper him down and i stop and I hurt until I find another doctor. But I don't go out and rob pharmacies or anything. And there's a whole other mindset when you're chasing the high than right. when you're a pain patient. I think there's only a, a small percentage of people who have that problem. Right. It's two completely different things. You can give two different people the same drug, and one of them's going to go home and shoot it up, and the other one's going to take it as directed, and you're going to notice, you know, a drastic negative, you know, effect on his life, and a, a this one is just fine. Right. And that's just people. People well, are going to do that regardless. That addiction is if it has a negative effect on your life. Right. Right. That's We talked about, in one of our earlier episodes, we talked about the difference between use and abuse. Right. And so that kind of, I think, falls along that, where if it's affecting you or people around you negatively, then obviously there's a problem. Right. But it's not... Yeah, I, check the first of the month on your drugs, you know, and by the fifth, <laughs> your family's out of food, that's problem yeah exactly and it's i don't think you're gonna see that if i mean we've had medical marijuana since 04 like i said if if these patients run out you don't see them knocking over dispensaries the only dispensaries that were getting robbed were from people that were having drug problems from other drugs well and when we got raided on the 14th of this month when everyone got legally robbed by the federal government right (laughs) i remember that 
So do you see a lot of that happening in dispensaries? We're seeing it in California and here. It has any of that we won't hap- have for a while. Uh, dispensaries can't apply until May, and then it'll be 90 days or so before they even get a license to open. Uh, are they going to do a lottery there? We've seen we've seen that in some states. They're making everyone apply for a ticket, and then they get they pick four out of you know five thousand or whatever. Uh, yeah, we're we're only going to have one hundred and twenty eight, I think, dispensaries for the whole state. And that's <clears throat> you would think an industry like that can regulate itself. Like if there's too many, obviously they're not all going to be able to survive. It doesn't. It seems like an unnecessary involvement from the state saying you can only have this many like let the market figure out how many we yeah. need per capita for however many people smoke pot and you know or be maybe fine. just regulate it like alcohol and then it fits into a system already well yeah yeah we're, we're tr- they're trying to force patients here into the dispensaries if you live more than closer than 25 miles to a dispensary you have to go to a dispensary over 25 miles away you can grow and uh, if you're going to grow outside in, in this state where we have all the sunshine, you have to have a 10-foot wall with a one-inch thick steel gate. Now, that's wow. to keep the rabid marijuana plants at bay so they don't eat the children? Or what is the purpose of that? Well, I, I had to get a hold of a guy who does calculations. He's a real smart fella. And he figured that to get just 12 hours of sunlight that this thing would have to be about 150 feet wide. So you're going to have 150 foot by 150 foot, 10 foot compound in your backyard with a one inch steel gate. And somebody would break in there and think there's millions of dollars pot and there'd be 12 little plants. Yeah, right. What is the... It costs $138,000 to build it. Wow. And like I said, what I don't understand what purpose that serves. Like, did... It's... I don't... don't it's the same reason yeah. why we're not supposed to have pot leaves on the street. Go ahead. <laughs> What's that, Sandy? Yeah, I, I don't think think when they make these laws, you can grow in a glass greenhouse down here, but if you want to grow outside, you have to have a ten foot wall. Yeah, that is that lack of education, or is that the lawmakers just not knowing? I, I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't. That's that's weird to me, and it's weird when I see them go over the top with these laws when there's obvious problems in other areas involving other drugs or what have you, and you don't see this stringent regulation. Like, why? I want to know who died. Like, what happened? As far as I know, it's still zero, the death count. Like, did someone die? I don't I don't well, get it. The only people that killed from marijuana is during a home invasion when they come in to get it because it's worth so much money. Mm-hmm. Right, and, but and that and that price is set by the law that says it's illegal, right? In the yeah. first place, it That's, would make more sense to me to grow outside in a fenced area where the police could come by and shed their lie and say, "Okay, everything's okay." You put an alarm on it, and somebody does break in to steal it. They're not going to kill your family to get it. Exactly, it's the whole "what are you hiding" complex. Like, why is there oh, yeah. a safe? What does marijuana sell for up there? Up here, in the dispensaries, it's you know anywhere from ten dollars, five dollars a gram. The bags of eighths for what twenty bucks, thirty bucks. Yeah, usually. If you and get it on the street, if it's, you go up to an ounce, you're usually looking at about one seventy five. Right, or and then so. street price is always fifty hundred. I think even that's gone down, but I don't know. I haven't had to do that in yeah, a long I time. Yeah, I haven't so. bought off the street since I got my car. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Is that is that about what you're seeing down there? Oh. No. We don't even know what prices will be down here yet. I mean, we don't have any dispensaries. 
Oh, oh right. yeah, yeah. But is so is no one getting like there's no caregivers dispensing at the moment or anything or everybody's getting ready to apply and oh everything. okay so it's all yeah okay I understand it's all in the works yeah, yeah. And Justin fan in the chat room says a lot of patients yeah a lot. He says cannabis is likely going to be on the ballot in Washington, Oregon, California, and now Montana in 2012. Yeah, for legalization. Oh, cool. And that's and that's why where when do you get to that point where you're like, duh, we've been saying this for so long, and now like it's I, gone through all this strict BS, and finally, you know, like what does it take to push it over the top? During your years in law enforcement, did you ever come across situations where, you know, you knew there were other crimes that needed to be focused on, but because it was a big seller, you know, people were going after some drug dealer or, you know, something that may be a little less important? Well, we always put a lot of efforts into drug enforcement because you get paid from the feds by the, the amount of numbers you get. You know, if you do X amount of bus, you know, they'll give you a task force. You do this many more, you know, you get more manpower. So the more drug arrests you, you get, the more money you get. The more burglars you catch, not so much. So is that a weird way to base a pay scale? Like you would want to find the littlest things just to beef up your numbers, right? That would that seems like that would give way to a lot of corruption. Well, it, it, it does. And, you know, when you start arresting people for small amounts, uh, it just ties up officers. It wastes a lot of manpower, a lot of resources, really doing nothing. Right. Here in Arizona, we spent $7,000 to educate a student, $30,000 to lock somebody up for smoking pot. That's crazy. Wow. And I guess down there you have a lot more of the, I don't know, up here the, it, it's not so much cartels, even though they would want you to think that, but it's just, it's yeah. like people like my friends and kids that I went to school with that, you know, did that and they weren't criminals at all, just selling pot. And it, it seemed like they, they became criminals right when the, the cops busted them. And I don't know, didn't it, it, it's really sad. It seems really sad. Um, I got a question for you about pension sure. and stuff. And we, we've seen this before with um, veterans, veterans that have medical marijuana getting evicted from their housing because the housing receives federal funding. Um, in a, an officer, you get a pension. I, I assume that some of that money is from the feds. Do they have a problem when you're speaking out against their drug laws? I, I don't get a pension from my department. I, I quit and went to work doing something else. But oh, I got you. I, I don't know guys who do get pensions from, especially the feds. I don't know if that affects them or not. I would doubt it. Hmm. I'd be interested to see because they they started giving a hard time to a lot of these vets that were starting to speak out and go to these rallies and stuff, and even to the point we were supposed to actually have an interview last week, and uh, somebody got kicked out and just a whole bunch of problems and. You know, he was upfront about it. I have a card. They were fine. And now all of a sudden, you know, here's your eviction notice. It's very shady. Yeah. Well, yeah. do you have any other questions for... Well, you mentioned the states that have got ballots going. Uh, you guys should get the lead speakers out to come talk in your communities and maybe educate some of these uh, legislators. And it's copsaylegalizeddrugs.com. And, and go there, and you can ask for one of our speakers to come talk to your legislators or to your, you know, your local civic groups, whatever. 
Yeah, definitely. Because we've also have a lot of local cities that have placed moratoriums because they don't they think it's bad for the town and they don't want it anywhere near it. Yeah. And then all I don't all, know why people so much. Yeah. And then all you see is dispensaries opening up in concentrated areas outside of town and then everyone's like, Oh my god, look at all these dispensaries and then it, it <laughs> thing they, it makes the problem look bigger than it is, which it is nothing. I mean I did have one more quick question for you. Um, sure. Now, you're down there with um, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, right? Did I say that right? No, no that, he's out in Phoenix. I'm up in Mojave County. Oh, uh, okay. I'm I, I've read stories about how he's trying to gum, he was trying to gum up the works with the medical marijuana program because he wanted to oh, try yeah. to start testing that. anybody that was right. driving so that if they had THC in their system, he could arrest them. So he sounds like a peach. <laughs> yeah, our medical marijuana law protects uh, patients against just having metabolites in their system. They have to prove that, they, that you're impaired. Now, is there's a lot of members of LEAP. Is this a common theme in law enforcement? Like, is it just a running joke? Like, aha, I had to bust more potheads today. Like, does everyone know, or are there still some officers that see it as a negative thing and, you know, do it you know, like that? Are there ever officers that are like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't do this, this is wrong? <laughs> Not usually when they're on the department, and young guys are usually gung-ho, and, and that's one of the problems. You get, you know, eight or ten young guys in a task force together, and, like, when I first started working, the president told us, you know, we were out saving the country. And you get a bunch of guys who out, think they're out saving the world in a specialized unit like that, and right. they can get a little carried away sometimes. It kind of turns into a video game if they're young enough, and then it, it, everything kind of blends. And Well, and I'm sure they want to make a good impression, and there's always also, yeah. you know, those benefits of climbing the ladder. Yeah, yeah. You would think that there, there would be enough of, of the officers that see it at, for what it is to just stand up and be like, we're not going to do this anymore. Like We're doing more damage busting these people. We're raiding these dispensaries, and they're you know they're open. They're, the doors are open. We could have walked in and said hi, and they would have sat down and talked to us. But it, it it's but when you when you talk when you're young, you're gung ho, and when you're older, you have to worry about your pension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. I see. It's an interesting game. They always find something to dangle over your head. I mean, me, I'm a mother, so I'm constantly scared that they're going right. to try to take my kids. This mother yeah, was the art law they wrote protection about child custody and visitation and all that right into our law you know we've learned a lot from the other states from from the mistakes in other states yeah that's, that's what good. we were worried about that for a while that other states were what we were going to look at what colorado was doing and do that and then you know we kind of did our own thing and now they're repealing and other states are looking at that like should we repeal oh my god is there a problem is montana on the internet still someone check quick <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, there's a simple remedy to this. If we let farmers grow this stuff instead of growing it in little rooms that were designed to hide from cops, yeah. you know, it's $10 an ounce and all the bad guys go away and it'd be like any other produce. Exactly. And a lot of these guys got really good at growing really good pot in really small spaces. And now you give them a big room, they're good to go and they could support a whole population just about on that you know it's so self-sufficient and sustaining that 
Man. Well, they're trying to make people grow indoors down here, and it gets to 120 degrees. Could you imagine putting in 2,000 oh, watt heat in your house and then trying to cool your house? Ugh. I don't even like it in the summer here in the podcast studio with all these computers. It's terrible. And we're in Montana. I know. Where the summers aren't anything Nothing near what like they that. are down there. I couldn't imagine. So that's just more money you got to spend on cooling and airflow. and What a mess. Yeah, the first my wife, the first year she came down here, we had like nine days. It was 128 degrees, and she, she thought, "My God, what have I done?" Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. You get used to it after a while, maybe. I don't know about 120 though. I don't know if I would ever get used to that. Well, I can't imagine no, plants surviving that's why I live in, in that at all. Wheel, go away. Yeah, no kidding. And it's also that is funny that they're they're building up these big giant silos basically around it making you have to go to these extremes to grow a good product when you could just really throw those seeds outside and you know they would well grow and by for making everyone part. hide it furthers their agenda mm, also right. because it's still seen as this evil wrong thing if you're constantly hiding yeah 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 if there were fields up it would be no big deal yeah exactly you wouldn't have to go break into a house you could just chop it down i always heard stories about that when i was younger people were like i found this field of marijuana when i was driving down the road in this ditch and we picked a bunch of it but then it was not very good it's everywhere that's called hemp right yeah that's hemp <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would have made you a better shirt <laughs> when i drove into when i drove truck i drove into a truck stop back in and the midwest somewhere and my lights hit the back of the truck stop it, it was marijuana everywhere and i I got on the radio. I said, is that what I think it is? And the guy came on and said, yeah, you smoke it all. I ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> wow. Well, at least you were warned first. <laughs> Wouldn't it be terrible to get caught with a bag of that stuff trying to go home? Oh. <laughs> so when you were working, you did a, a lot of work in the Washington area and stuff. That's That was your, yeah. f your focus. We, just, we found a story here that we were going to talk about, about how pot arrests in Pullman are triple than what they are in Spokane. And that, I don't know, that do you, do you have any insight on that from, you know, being being in that, that line of work? Yeah, college town, lots of targets, easy prey. And that's it. That's it, what Pullman is. Does that override the Spokane population itself and the little college that's there, though? That Pullman? Pullman's a little town out in the middle of Wheatfields. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. And Spokane has yeah. more people plus the college, but so you would think that the, the arrest would be more there. Three out of five cars you stop. As a college student, they roll in the window. Smoke comes out. They're pretty easy prey. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, so it's the smaller. It's it's more people out of a smaller population. That what that's what shows the the percentage. Population of people who smoke pot, I would imagine. Right, exactly. And college kids are usually pretty easy prey when you're looking for a bus, too. Right, right? yeah, like you were saying, you just drive down with your windows rolled down, and there it is. Well, and the, the pot today smells so, I mean, you can't hide it. No, at all. I, I deliver water, and I get tipped every now and then in some of that, and it stinks my whole truck up. Like, I have to put it in a jar. It's, it's amazing. Like, well, I'm a caregiver, so I don't even know if I smell like it half I know, the time you probably anymore. don't even. And so I've gone into stores before, and I'm, like, having to ask people if I smell funny because I'll get weird looks. And I'm like, okay, I'm legal, I swear. Is this okay? I don't want the smell to choke your child. I'm sorry. I'll my caregiver card to my forehead. <laughs> Just please don't bust me. I know it's a Schedule 1. 
So do you think that getting it rescheduled would have a lot to do with getting this whole movement to just finally do what needs to be done and move on? I, I think it would help. But, or is that just you know, frivolous? The FDA you know, approved marijuana, I don't think. And I don't think they should. It's, it's a natural thing. <clears throat> right. So they should just not have a say one way or another. Well, it should be up to the individual. They've started, actually, more things are coming out all the time that show that they're... I mean, the, can, the American Cancer Institute just added cannabis to their website. And that's a government site. So, I mean, I think there's more and more little things that are starting to happen but there's still that overall, you know, big brother thing that will, I, I'm scared will end up happening in the end. Yeah, everybody's afraid of the feds, you know, and the doctors are afraid of the medical board. But I think as long as doctors use some common sense and don't go overboard, they'll be fine. Have you had any run-ins with Salvia? I don't think Salvia was big when you were doing the job, but it, have you heard of that at all or anything? Yeah. Okay, what do you... I don't know. Oh, because that's that's a way more impairing experience. And w- someone in the chat just asked, "How can salvia be legal and marijuana is illegal?" Salvia messes you up way more. Well, I, I don't know what its value is, but drugs, dangerous drugs, are dangerous by what they're worth. I think because down here we have, uh, oh god, I just lost. It's a white flower. It goes on the side of the road. They smoke the seed. Help me out, Damiana. Jemson weed. Oh, it, yes. grows by the side, it grows all over the side of the road down here, and kids take it and die. But it's not a dangerous drug. A cop would drive right by it. If it was a marijuana plant, he'd slide to a halt, jump out. Right, right. And see, this is stuff that like head shops sell, and it's 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 kind of it's. I think it's not illegal yet because it really hasn't been around in the mainstream for very long. Like, like I mean, exactly, exactly. But salvia's been around for thousands of years. I mean that the. the ancient tribes used to do it and it's just now getting into kids and kids are like holy shit how is this legal it's just because they have it they don't know it's not brought to their attention yet and there's no black market for it because it's legal we had the synthetic pot down here you know in the head shops k2 yeah when dpa made that illegal then the state made it but before they even signed the laws they had reconfigured that stuff to a different ingredients that did the same thing and now they're going to have to go through spend another year writing the laws. Yeah, and that's the guys that make this. They have lists a mile long of these analogs and they have, let's say, hypothetically, a hundred analogs for amphetamine and a hundred analogs for uh, MDVP, what is that? The amphetamine salts that they were making. Mm -hmm. And they can go and one by one use it and there's a year that it takes to get that one illegal. And then they switch to the next one and use that and there's another year. Like it, you know, they, it doesn't end like that. And they can just, they can ride that out for a decade basically Mm -hmm. make money and just keep switching the name really. Well, and every time they write a law, they make mistakes. When they outlawed the ephedrine in Washington, they made it illegal to sell. And a guy got caught with like 50,000 boxes of it, and they had forgot to make possession illegal. So it took him another year to make possession illegal. He couldn't sell it, but, you know, they always make mistakes when they write a law. They seem to had gotten the marijuana illegal prohibition law down the first time, though. I mean, that one stuck for, you know, this long in the face of such massive factual evidence and adversity, and it still is standing. 
I, I don't I don't understand why. I mean, it's just common sense. I mean, nobody dies, and you know, like I said, kids can get it easier than adults if we would regulate it and you know and have people che- actually check ID. The people who sell alcohol to kids, we, we can arrest them. People mm-hmm. who sold pot to kids, we can go after them. You can't go after everybody who smokes pot. It just don't exactly. work. We've already filled our prison. And they can find those people. They can have their classes. You, you start. You shift yeah. the focus basically from no. the user to the. I've always felt that it should be more of a if you're doing something wrong, like you're hurting someone or you're being crazy. Right. Then it's yeah, a victimless crime. Basically, up. if you're sitting at home and you haven't done anything, why are you getting arrested? You know. Yeah. Like, you know, kids need to be substance free until they're eighteen or twenty-one, and give them a chance to grow up and get an education. And when you're an adult, you can make those decisions. But if we start letting kids use drugs, we're going to have a, a lot of trouble. Oh, exactly. You know, and I, don't, I don't think anybody would pass the laws. <clears throat> you know, if we try and regulate for adults, that, you know, will get passed here or not before long. Right. And I mean, the, the one or two kids that have the, the brain cancer that, you know, this might help, that's cool. But you, for the most part, you want to let their brains develop as unobstructed or, you know, uninhibited as possible before Yet, you start pumping brain-changing chemicals Let me in there. point out really quickly, though, my autistic son gets pumped full of pharmaceutical exactly. medication and, every day and nobody right. gives it a second thought. Right, because and he's that's addicted common. addicted to two of them. <laughs> exactly, and that's, that's commonplace. But if you were to give him some, you know... Yeah, I know. Yeah. And like tobacco, in Nevada, it's illegal to sell tobacco to a kid, but once he has it, it's okay. A cop can't do anything. Does that make any sense? Really? That doesn't make sense. We get MIPs I know. Here. I remember being if, 17 and, yeah, like, you were walking you down the street. You had to drop the cigarette yep. quick. <laughs> like, nonchalantly. And nine times out of ten, they'd, they'd still. They'd stop, pick up the cigarette, and then pull forward and stop you. Yeah. Was this <laughs> yours? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else you should be doing? No. Well, we recent I well I recently watched a video um, because you know there's quite a few of them out there about how to avoid getting busted by the police, and it was basically saying that if the cops show up at your house, if they don't have a reason like a warrant to come in, they can't come in at all, no matter what. Is that true? Like vampires, you have to <laughs> invite them in. Yeah. If the police come to your door, step out and talk to them. If they don't have a warrant, say, you know, it, it's nice to meet you, officer, but, you know, uh, it's my house, it's private, and I don't want to let you. Right, and yeah, of course... and be... that's what the video was saying, so I'm, right. I'm just glad to hear it from an actual, you know, someone who's been in the field before. In the know. <laughs> and besides... Well, when, I, when I worked in Montana, my partner went to one of those classes where they teach you to search everybody. He came home, and here comes a guy riding up on his Harley, and he stops him. He says, can I search? Guy says, yeah. He signs a consent to search. He opens the saddlebag. There's an ounce of cocaine. He's going to prison now for 20 years back Wow. Then. He said, well, you let me search. He said, oh, I didn't want to look guilty. I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Don't ever let the search. Do you have any other hit, uh, helpful tips besides <laughs> the obvious be polite, yes or no, sir, don't be like fuck the police or anything like that? Well, yeah, just don't flunk the attitude test, you know, right. be used be, to the officer and just politely tell him no. And, and if they can't, you know, if he says, give me your keys and you give them to him and he opens your trunk, you've given him permission. Exactly. Don't hand your over, you know, unless you're under arrest or and, he's got a very good reason, but not to just open your trunk. 
Right. And like Justin Fan in the chat says, yeah, they can find a reason. I smell marijuana. Boom. There it is. Well, and see, what I was told is if you get pulled over, you only open your window a little bit. And if the officer asks you to roll it all the way down, then you kind of have to. But try to just roll it down a little. That way they can't poke their head in and sniff around. And honestly, unless you're, what, 17 and a dumb kid, you're you're not hotboxing your car when you're smoking, like when you're an adult. You don't drive around with the windows up with mom in the car like, hey, I'm so high right now. That's, you know, dumb kids do that, and that's... Well, we're going to have to see a lot more enforcement of our, you know, driving under drug laws. Right. uh, But I, I think in all states... Like here in Arizona, if you don't have a card and you get stopped, any metabolites and you lose your license. Well, you know, if you smoked 29 days ago, you still wow. lose your license. And they need to prove impairment. You know, it, it's not it's not fair to take something. Somebody could have been in a room with somebody, you know, that was smoking and lose their license down here. Yeah, that's crazy. And And a lot of people can have it in their system and not be impaired, for one, because of how long it's in your system. But then they want to do blood yeah. tests, and that shows, you know, immediate. And then they're saying, well, now we have to put a limit on how many, what, nanograms or micrograms, wherever they use the, the measurement, uh, well, for what you can have in your bloodstream. I don't know if you can do convert that over, okay? I take opiates. If you took the amount of opiates I took, you would fall over and stop breathing. Uh, I take about 180 milligrams a day. If you went to the emergency room with severe pain, they'd give you about 10 milligrams. Uh so you can't convert one to the other you, like you do alcohol. And I don't know if you can with marijuana. If you can set a nanogram limit on, on blood level because, you know, drugs affect everybody different. Yeah, definitely. And that's where they run into a lot. So they try to uh, broadly generalize it, which is going to, you know, not catch the majority of people usually. Well, and like we've seen with the federal patient that we spoke with, Irv Rosenfeld, you know, he's been pulled over before with a joint in the car and he told them they needed to prove he was intoxicated and he kind of shut the cop up and the cop like just left. Yeah, exactly. Well, and Irvin Rosenfeld is a very well-spoken man. Yeah. Smoking pot or not, it doesn't matter. Like he's on his game all the time. So it depends on how your state law is written. And right. I always tell everybody, law is like a game. Whoever knows the rules best wins. And if you're going to deal with any of this kind of stuff, you better know the law better than the cops. Right. That is key. True. I carry a little um, card around with my driver's license that reminds me what all my <laughs> rights are so that I can just read it off if I need to. When the cops stop, do you just start reading, I have the right to remain silent or what? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it just you do not have says, the right to I, search me. <laughs> right. It says you do not have the right to search me. I'm no longer answering any questions. I have the right to an attorney. I, you know, it kind of just walks through everything just because with me being a caregiver and a mom, I'm always worried that if I get stopped and the cop wants to overcheck everything and starts getting picky about certain things, maybe. Um, I don't want to say something or do something that might provoke a further incident. I just right. want to make sure I cover I, all my bases. <laughs> would keep that card in my pocket because I'll tell you, if I stop you and if you're nice to me and polite and tell me you don't want me to search, I won't search. But you pull a card out like that and start reading off of it and I will probably find a reason. Okay. <laughs> that is true. That's kind Note of a, <laughs> a pretentious thing to do. Hold on, officer. I have a speech prepared. You may not. <laughs> but, like, uh, that's, yeah. I was just trying to be prepared. See, I have one that's signed by my grandfather, and he was a member of a bunch of these police departments, so I 
hand him that, and I'm usually good to go. There you go. Not with smoke oh, billowing yeah. out of the car, though, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> We're adults. Come on. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad we, we had a chance to, to talk to and you. We and we definitely need to get Leap up here in Montana speaking with yeah. you know our, our some of our members of government, definitely. Yeah, because so far, our, I think I would say probably the biggest name we've had to speak to our actual legislators was Irvin Rosenfeld. He's been up here a couple times to do some speaking. Right. And then, of course, our you know the patients here and stuff, they always come out and, and speak. But yeah. as far as you know, big names, that, that it would be good to get law Get a hold of Leap and tell them you want somebody to come up. They'll probably send somebody up for you or get somebody close to come up there. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, you can definitely. come up here if you want a vacation. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little cooler. Happy to come. <laughs> done and done. Awesome. We'll, we'll get a hold of Hotbox Corporate and try to arrange that. Well, do you have any, you any other last uh, words for everyone just in, in parting here? It's We've enjoyed it. Thank if you. If you want to help Leap, we, we need members. If you go to Cops Say Legalized Drugs, and join as a member. It doesn't cost you anything, and uh, it'll help us when we go to get our funding. So, com. Thank you very much. We appreciate your time, man. We'll definitely talk to you later. Thank you very much. Okay. okay. Bye-bye, guys. Jay Fleming from Leap. That Yay! was awesome. That He's was cool. He sounded awesome. like a normal, everyday guy that just a regular Joe that he, was, yeah. he's a cool guy I like that he is and he was very honest you should too. all hope to get pulled over by someone as awesome as Jay <laughs> unfortunately that doesn't happen very often I know I've only been pulled that's over scary by like what one he cool said cop. about like all the younger people going in there mm-hmm. I had a stepbrother that's all gung-ho like that about going to Afghanistan, and his dad fosters this, like, yeah, you're going to go kill ragheads. And he's like, fuck, yeah, I am. Yeah, see, and, like, has like his AR and, like, those you know, kind of people, though, on, like, the American public. Like, that's scary. When I lived in Denver, I worked at a 7-Eleven, and I got threatened by a guy one time, and I had to do the silent alarm thing, so the cops came in with their really? guns drawn, right? And one of the cops was a new guy. Right. It was like he was seriously like first probably first few days in, on like, the job. Door kicked down like <laughs> because everyone on the ground. Well, he the guy that threatened me had been caught for shoplifting earlier in the night. So he came back to threaten me because he got in trouble for that. So the cop, when I explained everything that happened, sat down with this book and starts flipping through it. And the other cop starts explaining to me that this younger cop was trying to figure out what all he could charge this guy with. Wow. And that he didn't know all of the laws well enough. So he was looking them up and he wanted to give him the opportunity to do that. Oh, well, that was so nice. So I was just sitting there waiting really? while he researched what all the guy was going to get charged with. You should have been like, you know you can detain him for 72 hours while you look that shit up. Like, is that long enough for you to go through everything? Well, and 72 see, hours? he kept asking, too, like, well, what about this one? And what about this one? Like, you know, it wasn't just a Who cut was he and dry. Asking? 
The older cop. The other, okay. Yeah, the other officer that was, was standing just, by like, me. Was he just like hand on forehead like I should have well, had a V8? He this ob- is terrible. He obviously, you know, the obvious one was that it was witness tampering and threatening a witness of a crime because, you know, of what had happened earlier in the night. Right. But this younger cop, like he was seriously gung-ho. Like he wanted to try to make sure he had every charge possible on this guy. I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. I'm just saying that, yeah, the younger cops, like they want to make sure that they have touched touched every point they can they've arrested someone for everything by the time they get up there yeah that's wow and i like that that's about the whole in college towns because i bet that's not i mean obviously it's not just in pullman like any college town i would say maybe when they're quotas are needing filled you just go there and oh yeah it's like Boulder, Fort Collins, down in Colorado Springs. Like pigs in a blanket, fish in a barrel. Well, you just walk around. The cops can just walk around where the college kids are living and find just start doing random search walkthroughs and stuff. Well, I mean, if they're outside drinking, they can stop them and ask for IDs, and that leads to searches. Right, right, right. And you know, I mean, it's just anything. They can hear a party and don't even need. You know, it's really scary when he was talking about how you know you you need to answer the questions and be the cops are trained in ways to make you slip up like that well yeah i was told never talk to the cop first like they'll talk you in circles and then bring you back mm-hmm. and if you start giving different answers and stuff i mean i mean it's way more involved than that but yeah see i was taught that like if you get pulled over for instance you know how they always say do you know why i pulled you over right just to i see. was always because told... i had a dead hooker in the trunk ah shit <laughs> I was Let's always try this told again. to just either ask them why did you pull me over or just sit there quietly until they start talking again. Right. Because as soon as you say something, you're admitting to exactly. what you might have done wrong. And no. you don't even know if that's what it was. No. I mean, what if Question he didn't mark? actually have anything and he was just pulling you over and hoping to get something? Right. And you give him something. So I would right. say... No, I wasn't paying attention. No, wait, damn it. That's also why if you're a caregiver or a patient... Hold on, I'm texting. Hold on. (laughs) Uh, I pulled over because I had to make a call. I didn't notice you there. Yeah, right. All things not to say to the police when they pull you over. If you're a caregiver or a patient also, you should never admit to either of those things if you are talking to police, especially federal agents. I mean, well, okay, if you're talking to police, admit that you're a caregiver or a patient. If you're talking to federal agents, you never admit you're a caregiver or a patient. If you're talking to federal agents... No, even if you're talking to them, you do not admit to it. I'm just saying, though, if at the point you're talking to federal agents, your face is in the ground and... the like just shut up if i ever end up talking to federal agents i have forgotten my husband's name i know nothing i don't speak i am mute oh wait i'm your boss i pay your (laughs) no (laughs) all right um what was i gonna say oh yeah everyone's been asking on uh the jam hole last night and i noticed a couple here about what happened with montana's thing since we're Kalispell, right. Montana, the 406 here. Um, I would just like to mention that lawmakers, they passed on consideration of Bill 423 because there was no financial estimate with it. And of course, money being the root of all evil and the Congress mm-hmm, being mostly evil important. now. That, right. So 
Uh, and the they said they see current medical marijuana laws as too permissive, have advocate for either overhaul of the statutes or repeal. Uh, Senate Bill 423, carried by Senate Majority Leader Jeff Essman of Billings, would dramatically reduce the availability of the drug to Montanans. And that's what we said, in essence, slashing the number from 28,000 to less than 2,000. Mm-hmm. Wait, hey, do you, do you hear that? That's the sound of your industry dying. Do you, do you hear that? Do you all hear uh, that? Sad, sad, sad times. Uh, the measure was being billed as law enforcement friendly and strict. It attempts to do away with pot shops, remove profitability from the marijuana trade, and require police notification before cannabis is transferred from a grower uh, to a patient. So uh, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope that really decreases the death toll that medical marijuana has reaped n- on our poor communities. Yeah, right. We no longer have safe communities, safe kids. We have dangerous communities and we have dead kids, and that is no good. Never good. So And well, did you hear We'll find out tomorrow more, I'm sure. Um they're, I mean, they can revote on it as far as I know. Well, I hope they do that. Revote on it and try to save your jobs before we come in and clean house. I have enough people on my side to fill all of your positions. Even yours, Ed Corrigan. Even yours. Right? We have a lawyer. Yeah. I'll do that shit. I can lie. It's what you do, right? Okay, we're going to need you to lie. I'm going to hand you people that do bad things, and I'm going to need you to spin that in a positive manner and get them off. Not like that. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for... Anytime. Clarifying that. Sure. So, uh, is that an episode? Anything I else? I believe that's good? an episode. I think that was a pretty good episode. Did you guys enjoy that? Jay Fleming from Leap? That was awesome. And, uh, yeah. Yay. Catch these shows replayed on normal or go to hotboxpodcast.com. You can always get them there. Uh, make sure you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hotboxpodcast. Uh, and, of course, every Tuesday, Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern, hotboxpodcast.com slash live. And if you enjoy the show and want to give us a few bucks or what have you, uh, hotboxpodcast.com slash donate. We appreciate the help. We fund this show completely out of my living room and our money. So, uh, yeah, help a brother out. Help a sister out. I got some babies to feed and shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. And, uh, yeah, 406-204-4687. You can text me if you want to say hi. 406-848-1739. And uh, we got YouTube videos, and I promise soon we will have more show notes and stuff for you to read and videos from the protests. I still have to do that. Time is at a minimum. If you want me to have more time, give me money and I'll quit my job and do this always. <laughs> thank you. Sandy, thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you guys later. Peace. Bye. If you like you weed, like this weed, is this where, is where you, you need to be. be. <laughs> if you like weed, this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast.